This is the Pop Tournaments podcast. In Pop Tournaments, we take a category of pop culture and let you, the fans, vote on matchups in a single elimination tournament format to determine an ultimate champion. We are here to discuss those results and the upcoming matchups. Thanks to our great community and everybody who votes, let's start the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Pop Tournaments Podcast. This is episode 184, coming to you on December 26th, 2023. Uh, Happy birthday, Lars Ulrich. All right. Sure. Yeah. He's 60 today. Nice. Good drummer. Well, but here's the weird thing. So on the same day, uh, the Beatles uh, released uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and I saw her standing there in America. Coincidence? Oh, wow. No, I think... Probably I, not. I think Lars wrote them, and he released them as he was released from the womb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's also the 50th anniversary of the release of The Exorcist. Again, these scary movies being <laughs> released in the middle of the holidays. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> um, I know we've talked a little bit about The Exorcist before, though, but I didn't realize, like, they it, it was intentionally uh, a limited release early on, like, when it was really, it was only debuted in 24 theaters. And they had huh. people like like lining up in the cold just to go see this movie. So wow, have you revisited The Exorcist recently? Not super recently. Um, I, I in the last couple of years for sure. Um, but I mean, I I think it's really good. Um, <laughs> I personally, I mean, I think it's great. I personally wouldn't put it um, in my top five oh, favorite horror movies. Really? Um, yeah, even in that era, like I like Carrie better than The Exorcist. <laughs> My favorite part of The Exorcist was when Linda Blair said, "Welcome to Showtime, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the twentieth anniversary of a very not seen movie, and I want to revisit The Cooler, starring our guy oh, yeah. William H Macy. Yeah. I gotta find. I this. remember. I gotta see if that's streaming somewhere. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember that being really good. That was back in <laughs> when William H. Macy was doing like three movies a year. <laughs> uh, but they were always good, you know. He's great. He, he a, a more talented Nicolas Cage? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that might be uh, insulting to both. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> well, and our Nabisco birthday of the week tomorrow... A very happy 28th birthday to my guy, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, hell yeah. Have you Wonka gone out? himself. Uh, yeah. Have you gone out and seen Wonka yet? I haven't. And that... I probably won't, honestly. Like, what? It, if I was to go see a movie right now, there's like five that I'd rather see, I think. So interesting. The hat just doesn't do it for you? No. no. <laughs> uh, I, I did. Well, I, I'll wait till we get to. Yes. Uh, you know, our full breakdown of, of the tent for the week. Well, it, um, it, in that regard, we are uh, clearly off to a smashing start here. <laughs> <laughs> we have Ryan Barrett. What's happening, everybody? And I'm Jake. Hope everybody is enjoying the holiday taint. To quote Doug. Oh, Johnson. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're right in the middle second. of it. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, how's the week been? It's been great, um, tent-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, got some good stuff in. Um, real quick to go back, uh, Funny Hats. Yeah. Um, we watched uh, Scrooge, mm-hmm. the 1970... Your uh, favorite. My favorite Christmas movie, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, great as usual. Um, I think Netta liked it. I, she, said she had seen it before, but I think it's just been a while. Um, she's one of the few people I've ever met who have been like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. <laughs> um, but that was good. Lots of very tall, 
hats though in that movie. Mm, mm. Uh, so, uh, but also watched. I I didn't quite finish it, but watched uh, <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay, it's a fun little back to back. Sure. Uh, let me um, let me get in on this Ebenezer uh, uh, roller coaster that we have going here. Um, I discovered, but have not been able to bring myself to watch yet, an American Christmas Carol starring Henry Winkler. Oh wow! <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully that holds up as much as Scrooge does. Wh- wh- when's that from? Uh, I want to say like 2001, 2002. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, good timing. Uh, I- I- anything non-Christmas Carol related? Um, <laughs> yeah, we watched the first two Planet of the Apes movies. Okay, yeah. Um, and by first two, I mean like the the James Franco, yes, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Got it. Um, and, you know, revisiting them, I kind of stand by my original hot take, which is I kind of think the first one is the best. Okay. Um, the yeah, second I... one is just a little too dark, a little too much, like, focused on action, you know. Well, and I've never really met a Dawn that I like, and I can't believe they would just focus on one woman for the second movie. I hate you so much. That was gold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you gonna be? Are you gonna be seeing the upcoming? What is it? Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes or whatever? Oh, it's called? I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, is it a continuation of the same story? It is. It is. Okay. It is, is within the same ape universe. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably will. Yeah. Um, right. but yeah. Um, other than that, I started a uh, a new show. Mm-hmm. It was funny because we were um. We were looking at, uh, I I was looking at kind of my favorite things of the year Mm. um, as we're getting close to the end of the year here. And so Mm -hmm. I was reading some people's lists of the best shows of the year. Mm -hmm. And one that I saw pop up a couple times is Dead Ringers. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Um, Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. It's starring Rachel Weisz. I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the show. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a reimagining of the movie. Yes. Very similar vibes. Like, and I, I love that movie. Um, very similar vibes to the movie. Um, although this time it's two women mm-hmm. twins instead of two Jeremy Irons. Mm. Um, so this but, takes place in the same universe as that Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones Ghostbusters. Movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's um, it's really, really good. I think I'm like a little into the third episode right now so it's tough to say like this is one of my favorite shows of the year but it's definitely one of my favorite shows of the year i can't wait for the planet of the apes movie with uh kate mckinnon in the charlton charleston heston role yeah (laughs) yeah that's gonna go over really well super well super well um you know i I really didn't watch much over this past week, but I do have to say, you know, since it is the holiday season, um, the annual Christmas uh, extravaganza on Comedy Bang Bang was just another 10 out of 10 this year. And um, yeah, I definitely I I, I know that's not at the top of your podcast list these days, but you should still I'll check it out for sure. And I always the one or, you know, the few episodes I listen to every year of Comedy Bang Bang are always the year-end countdown. Oh, the year-end countdown list. is just getting started also. And I, I mean, just the the banter between him and Paul F. Tompkins before they get into the countdown <laughs> right. is the best episode of the year. So, um, uh, I, I don't know. All I have to say is Carl Tart plays Shohai Otani on the Christmas episode. Oh, <laughs> It is pure gold, but oh, I can't wait. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Speaking speaking of the end of the year, as you already brought up a little bit, uh, we sh- we should talk a little bit about some of our our favorites and maybe some of the surprises. Um, not necessarily the best movies or or, or TV or whatever, but um, anything really 
stand out for you uh, over 2023? Personally, um, I hated this year. There was some good pop. There was a lot of good pop. But man, I'm ready to get this year over with. But let's highlight some of the uh, some of the the, the good things. Uh, what, yeah. what what stood out for you? Well, speaking of a lot of good pop, um, I think my favorite <laughs> soda of the year would. I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> please but, tell me you have to have one. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I've gotten, I, I've like tried so Coke. many amazing sodas <laughs> this year. I think. Um, the number one would have to be Coca-Cola Y3000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the, <laughs> no, I remember that. <laughs> and that um, was W-H-Y, as in why yeah. are we making this? <laughs> yes. Um, no, I mean, the. I, I think my favorite soda I've tried over the last year is the Manhattan Special Espresso, so, espresso Soda. Jesus. Um, it's incredible. But um, other than that... Um, Movies, yeah, I think some of my favorite movies this year. Um, one that I just saw recently that I would definitely put in that group is May December. Oh, yes, did you? Oh, so good, just so intense and like just this foreboding feeling through the entire thing. Knockout um, performances, big time, yeah. great movie. Oh, yeah, um. Another one that falls into the, I mean, th- this falls into the, one of the most memorable movie theater experiences I've had of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo is Afraid. Oh, nice. Such a fucking weird movie. Controversial. And I mean, especially the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, just amazing. And so like, just transported me from the, uh, from the theater and. Yeah, great, and great movie. I'm excited to catch up on that. Yeah, definitely one that uh, if you have not seen and if you have not heard anything about it, you should go into this movie completely blind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Think, and it's, stre- it's streaming now, I think, on Amazon or something. Ooh. So um, so this is the chance. This is um, the chance. One that's, um, you know, speaking of fun movie theater experiences... I think probably the most fun I had in the theater this year um, was Air. Yeah, yeah, that's on yeah. a lot of lists here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so, uh, yeah, fun. Okay. I mean, great. I normally do not huge on biopics, but mm-hmm. this one is just so good. And they focus on fun parts of the story or interesting parts of the story that, you know, a lot of lesser filmmakers would not have. So... Um, really loved that movie. Um, I would put across the spider verse in that same, uh, category as far as like just really fun movie going experiences. Mm. Um, I thought a worthy sequel to, mm. um, you know, a great, great modern classic. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was really good, but there's Sounds really like you- only one movie this year that's like, Heads, head and shoulders above the rest for me, and that's past lives. Okay, yeah. See, um, I have not. Uh, I know that again. These more recent releases and these, you know, end of year releases that trying to get in for Oscar time, I have not been able to catch up on. So me neither. I yeah. haven't seen any of the new, you know, the um, the holdovers mm-hmm. or. Um, uh, modern God, fi- was it American fiction? Uh, Amer- yeah, yeah, American fiction. Um, Jeffrey Wright. The uh, I I I don't I haven't Cage. heard this on a lot of I haven't heard a lot about this in the um, Oscar talk, but yeah, that new Nicolas Cage movie, Dream, yep. whatever scenario, uh, Dream scenario. Yeah, yeah, that looks great. Um, I haven't watched Maestro yet, but yep. that's available now for streaming. I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon. So, can't, I mean, can't, yeah. can't believe they made a, an entire movie off of that Seinfeld side character. Uh, what's that? Maestro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for all my Seinfeld yeah. heads up there. <laughs> um, uh, but well, yeah. I got to tell you, at least when it comes to movies, obviously, I, I you know, this was the year of, of Barbenheimer, and I loved both of those movies. We've 
talked extensively uh, about them. Um, I thought we had, uh, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, the exorcist and horror movies. We had some good entries in the horror oeuvre this year. I thought Smile was kind of a, a nice standout, oh, yeah. standout hit. Um, I forgot about that. That was really th- good. Thregan. I mean, Thregan took the world by storm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I got to say, obviously not the best movie of the year. But I, I think my surprise hit, or, or the, the movie that surprised me the most, how much I liked it, Bottoms. I know we, we've talked about it be, be, before, but man, that, again, getting back to those fun comedies. Yeah. No, I'm a- really excited to uh, catch up with that one. And, um, and another one kind of, I think, in the same vein as mm-hmm. far as like low-key great. and uh, Or, you know, I definitely wouldn't call this movie great, but... Uh, a solid entry to the oeuvre. Okay. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. The the uh, the movie with Jennifer Lawrence, uh, the comedy. Oh the yes, where she's yes, uh, um, where she gets paid to date the people's yes, kid, the nerdy yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the problem. It just didn't have a memorable title. Is it called No Strings Attached? <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> uh, was it One Night Stand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, Friends with Benefits? Seriously. It's just su- <laughs> such a generic name. Uh, no Hard Feelings. That's it. Yes, That's yes. That's it. Uh, with an assist from Ed McMahon over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I hope uh, Oh, nice. <laughs> um. Yeah, again, it was a it was a fun year for movies. Um, any, uh, you know, we continue to have some frustrating things happen in the the landscape of television shows getting canceled before they should. Um, obviously, I loved Winning Time this year, and it's on my uh, list. What, what the hell are you doing, David Zasloff, or whatever the fuck his yeah. problem is? I don't know. Um, but uh, what else? What else stood for stood out for you in TV? Um, well, you know, like I said, that that's on my short list here. Um, <laughs> I love that show so much. It just plays into our interests so yeah. much that it's like kind of made for us. Um, you were just but, waiting. You wanted it to go on multiple more seasons so you could get more shoe talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but. You know, obviously, the I think the three that I have mm. uh, above that or with that are kind of no-brainers. Um, okay. Beef. Mm. That's got to be number one, I think, just because it was new and it just kind of took the world by storm and so, so good. Um, it was. It's on my list, and I have a feeling that there's maybe another one slightly yes. related to that. Uh, ever heard of Succession? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, no! I see what I mean, you're saying. That, that, and yes, no, the, the think... bear, the bear is the other one on the list. <laughs> I, I should have picked up on your cue there. I think there's a lot of beefs in Succession. There are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, all, all three of these lot lot in common. Um, yeah, but yeah, beef, Succession, the bear. I think those are the three for me that kind of stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am though. I'm I'm really excited to finish Dead Ringers. Mm-hmm. The other one I'm really excited to catch up with. Me and Netta watched the first episode, and it was like, whoa, this show is so weird, and I'm so excited to see where it goes. But it was one of those week-to-week shows, and we said, we got to hold off and mm-hmm. wait till we have more of this, especially because it was so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it would be one of those that's easy to lose your footing from week to week. Was but the, two and a half the curse, the curse, <laughs> yes, two and a half men. Uh, no, the curse with... Uh, yeah. Nathan, yeah, Fielder Nathan Fielder and, and, and Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, from so the, the Safri brothers, right? Yeah, he he's in it. Benny Safdie's in it. I'm actually okay. not. I okay, can't remember it's, if he it's made just it him. To yeah, it's 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 not it's not his brother working on this show. So no, um, I have I have not had a chance to check it out yet. That's a uh, Paramount, right? Uh, yes, yes, it's a Showtime show, I believe. So it plays on Paramount. Got it, got it. Uh, the only other one I was going to throw it, so I, I had three Bs. I, I had the Better Business Bureau here. Um, the Bear, Beef, and Barry. So Oh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, definitely. And I, I still never finished the, uh, or never caught up with the final season, so. Oof. 
Oh, we'll just uh, uh, again, Bill Hader is going to be such a great filmmaker once somebody actually lets him do like his own thing with films. Well, so. Once somebody lets him do Barry the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing I'm going to say uh, about this past year, pop culture wise, I'm done with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know we talked about it a little bit for her birthday, but. Uh, rewatching some old uh, SNL clips and just the way they used to be willing to, and not even like being really bad about it, but make fun of her. And now it's like, it's like she's this untouchable thing that yeah. nobody can be critical of at all. Mm-hmm. And it just, ah, just, just take a break. Take a break for a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. As somebody who's just like a bystander to this whole thing, I I don't, I know like five Taylor, I mean, I probably know more than five Taylor Swift songs. She's got a huge career at this point. Yep. But, um, but, you know, I'm definitely not a fan and I'm not somebody who like listens to quote unquote popular music pretty much, except for some hip hop maybe. But, um, <laughs> but she... I, I like what she is for for the worldscape of pop culture right now. I I like that there's somebody who's like so huge that they're untouchable, sort of. You know, I mean, in the way that like Michael Jackson was. I was just um, gonna say, like, wait twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's um, I I just think it's cool because penetrating the monoculture is like something that doesn't really happen anymore. You know, like um, something that's so popular that like everybody knows. And, you know, it, because there's so many outlets for music and everybody has complete freedom to listen to whatever they want, whenever they want, it's harder to have a star that big. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't mind Taylor Swift. I have no, ill will against her even though i don't really know any of her music (laughs) i have no ill will that's i guess maybe i'm 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 kind of being old man screaming at cloud er, earlier you were saying you hope she gets in a car accident or something (laughs) 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 no so but here's here's the thing i guess in that same regard i i do appreciate what what you were saying but i guess like uh if she were to say something like John Lennon once said, Oh, it's like, we're bigger than Jesus. Uh If she were to say so, nobody would bat a fucking eye. No. (laughs) And that's, I I, I think that's the thing that kind of, uh, you know, or yes. And now now, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I feel feel kind of like, um, uh, Fred Willard in, when he meets Spinal Tap, that, that's how that's how I would be if I met her. I'd be like, "Wow, you know, I'm a big fan. I don't really know any of your music, but I like what you're doing. I like what you're doing for music. You got a, you got a real good I, thing. I going like here. the whole, yeah, I like the whole <laughs> thing you're doing. <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, it, it real quick. It, I haven't. I haven't caught up on my trailers. Any any movies you're looking forward to right here at the beginning of 2024? January usually a bad time for movie releases. But I, I, I'm honestly right now. I haven't really been looking forward to the rest of 2024 and rumors about summer whatever dwelling the, in the past <laughs> all, all the stuff i'm looking forward to is stuff that's like out right now basically <laughs> kind of all the ones we we mentioned earlier plus um the new godzilla movie i really yeah. want to see i've been hearing like just nothing but raves um, i got i got i got i do have one have you seen the trailer for night swim no is it it's a, is, is it a rockumentary about nope, REM, it's a it's uh, another entry in the horror oeuvre about a haunted pool. Oh hell yeah! I'm in. <laughs> N- not enough movies about like uh, you know demonic, uh, you know things. Ambiguous creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a haunted toaster. It just reminds yeah. me of the the Patton Oswalt. Death da- couch. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Yeah, deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the sequel to Death Couch? Yeah. <laughs> Deathbed. 
Uh, all right. No. Uh, looking forward to a fun uh, pop culture filled 2024. Let's get back into the tournament. We do we do tournaments here, right? Yeah. I, th- I think still, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, a big congratulations to the Etch-A-Sketch winning our classic toy tournament 28-22 to 22 over Play-Doh. Definitely Very surprised. Worthy. Yeah. I, I, and given some better timing, we probably we could have expanded. We didn't include any electronic toys. We didn't include any doll or action figure type toys so it, it this was interesting though i i was i was surprised to see the etch-a-sketch win it all yeah i was a little bit too um but you know it was funny re- revisiting all these the the ones that i kind of thought if you were just to tell me like name the most classic toys of all time i would not mention the etch-a-sketch i think i would say <laughs> hula hoop slinky Lincoln Logs, you know, um, those are kind of what I think of as the the classic toys. Um, But after getting into it more with you, talking about the Etch-A-Sketch, talking about the Viewmaster, some of these that like I don't think of right away, um, I think they have just as big of a, you know, they had just as big of an impact. And honestly, they're cooler than a lot of those other things, than a, than a plastic hoop. <laughs> well, and World War II might have been a lot different if it wasn't for the Viewmaster. Um, yeah, speaking <laughs> of the Slinky, yes. Uh, yeah. Also we would a have World gotten, War II toy. <laughs> we would have gotten our asses handed to us <laughs> if we didn't look at those VR Nazi bunker uh, slides. <laughs> um no, you, you know what I thought of after we talked uh, about the Slinky last? Um, the Zoob Tube. Do you remember the Zoob Tube? No. Is that the one? Is that like a rain stick where like... Yes. It, it's like a huge... It's, it's like a wrapping paper tube roll, but bigger. Um, and, and they would stretch out a Slinky between two Solo Cups. And, and like literally you look at the... It, you go to Target and you're like, Mom, I want a Zoob tube. And you buy it and you look and you can literally see Solo written on the bottom of the cup on each side. That's I mean, all I re- it was. It was a I slinky. A dube tube. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, they, yeah. So, I mean, it was just what you were talking about that slinky, slinky in a tube. vibration noise or whatever um, turned into a whole thing. And yeah, see, I remember. I remember everybody having a zoob tube. I thought you were going to say the slinky made you think of the Koosh ball. Oh yeah, that was a good one too. Not Actually, a number one seller though. No, no, but um, very um, it had a very appealing tactile. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like just playing with that, you're like, oh yeah, this feels nice. <laughs> it, 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 it was the equivalent of like, uh, I know you're a cat person, so like when you see a cat playing with a toy and rubbing it all over their body. Yeah. That, that, that was Koosh Ball for humans. 100%. I'm sure there are lots of kids who like rubbed Koosh Balls all over their faces and stuff. Oh, you Koosh rubbing motherfucker. Um, well, no, that was that was a real fun one. And again, maybe maybe next year with some better planning, we'll, we'll get some of those other toys talked about. But let us get back in to our Albums of 1994 tournament. Uh, this is just going to keep getting more and more difficult. I got uh, I got five matchups for today. I don't think I can do six. So we're going to start out with uh, Illmatic from Nas, released on April 19th, his debut album. Uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, turning hip-hop a little bit more hardcore, uh, praised for its production and lyricism, debuted at number 12. And part of the issue there, I don't know if you knew about this, uh, you know, at this young of an age. Um, the problem with the early sales is there were so many bootlegs that had been produced before the album was actually released. Hmm. So uh, uh, despite its its critical acclaim, did not have the, the commercial success. Uh, going up against Jar of Flies from Alice in Chains, um, the very first EP to debut at number one on the Billboard uh, 
200 list. Uh, Acoustic and Dark, not a full-length album, but still included here in our tournament. Ended up going quadruple platinum. Wow. What do you think? I, 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 this is going to be a tough episode for you because there's a lot of guitar talk. Today. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, like, I I honestly really hate Alice in Chains. Like, wow. For for some reason, something about their sound just is like everything I don't like about grunge. Mm-hmm. I think the times when it's more like when grunge is more like punky, you know, the that's what I really like. When it's really like drony and depressing, mm. I'm like. Ugh, this I I just it really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. Illmatic not on like the a other hand, ball. <laughs> yeah, Illmatic on the other hand is maybe my favorite album from this year. Um, definitely, like I think this is a much better album than Ready to Die. Personally, okay. Ooh, ooh. Um, so you would give you would give this five Koosh balls? Yeah, easy. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like you said, the production from DJ Premier is like perfect. Yeah, um, and, and this was this was a big deal. He was kind of like a second coming um, mm-hmm. when he came out uh, in in the hip hop world. Like yeah. you said, the reason there were so many bootlegs and stuff, he was kind of um, I, I think of him a lot the same as Fifty Cent, in the sense that before they even put out a single, mm-hmm. everybody was like, "This is the." This is the next big thing in rap. Like everybody knew it. And like I remember people talking about 50 Cent like he was the greatest rapper alive before Wangsta even came out, you know, or in the club. Like because Eminem was going around hyping him up to everybody. And, you know, he had these these, underground tapes that people were going crazy about. And it was the same way about Nas. He did a couple like guest verses. Mm-hmm. And people, and then there were people on the streets who just knew about him. And people in the it streets. was, what'd you say? I said people in the streets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was so hyped up before it came out. And this happened so rarely, it fully lived up to the hype. Mm. And I mean, I, I think if you asked, you know, a hundred hip hop heads, especially like 90s hip hop people, they some triple H's in their top five. What's that? Some triple H's, some hip hop heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ill- Illmatic, amazing album. I mean, up there, honestly, not just with the great hip hop albums, but with the great albums of all time. No, and I know uh, we talked about this a little bit, um, but the thing I, I kind of really like about uh, this year or doing this tournament for this year is how. It's all such unique music. This is very much a grunge and alternative filled tournament. And it's a very much like the hip hop we now consider like th- this is when that hip hop was born. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it is just it, it is so fun. And and honestly, I'm also going to say I do kind of like uh, they're in separate quadrants, but I love having Illmatic and Ready to Die on the same side. So that we could potentially get that ma- that semifinal matchup, which I think yeah. would be would be very exciting. But I don't know. As as we're going through this, I think all these matchups are close, so nothing's guaranteed. And uh, we'll see where everything goes here. There there is. I know you don't like Allison Chains, but there's a lot of Allison Chains fans out there. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Speaking of kind of that uh, uh, change in in rock music, up next we have uh, Vitology from Pearl Jam, released in November of 94, their third studio album, going up against New Metal's Korn with their debut, Korn. <laughs> if they do if they do a reissue it should be that 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 viral meme kid just going oh, it's corn <laughs> yeah yeah he, he should he should introduce them at all their shows <laughs> <laughs> oh boy he's got a he's got a lot of money to make um <laughs> vitology gave pearl jam a little bit more of a diverse sound actually you know funny thing like Everybody said like 92, 93 was the year of grunge. And here we see Pearl Jam kind of going with a little bit more punk 
sound um, across the album. It was the at the time second fastest selling album uh, after its release, with almost nine hundred thousand copies sold in the first week. Uh, five times platinum. Corn, uh, their debut album, like I said, kind of introduced that new metal sound um, with hits such as Blind or uh, Shoots and Ladders featuring bagpipes, of all things. I remember that. You remember that People one. lost their shit about that in <laughs> high school. I remember people like, oh yeah, but you haven't heard anything like this <laughs> There's just a Scottish guy in the corner just shaking his head like, yeah. you dumb fucking kids. It's, it's ground keeps, Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, again, I think this is an interesting matchup. Um, obviously, like, just Pearl Jam was just such a huge band at the time. Um. I, I, I am a fan of this album. I don't think it's my favorite Pearl Jam album, but uh, definitely uh, had that weird time later in high school when I got really into corn. So a little bit torn <laughs> here. <laughs> um, but uh, rock and roll expert Ryan Barrett, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I will say, first of all, Vitology and what was their second album? Versus. The cheap one? Versus. Yeah. I felt like both of those were so weird to see, especially Vitology, where this new album drops with, like, no single mm-hmm. and, you know, n- no MTV hype or anything and just immediately goes to number one yeah. on the album sales. I felt like both of them were kind of the same way, where it was like, oh, wait, like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, evidently people are really into them, even though they're not releasing anything new like um singles wise they just like didn't give a fuck about being on pop radio because they had such a cult fandom at that point that they could do whatever they wanted they could be like oh well we don't really you know we're not really feeling quote unquote grunge right now (laughs) so we're just going to kind of go in our own direction and you know for sure um, and I mean, that's really, really cool. It's, it doesn't happen often in music when somebody can completely operate outside of that, like record industry <laughs> norm, you know? Right. It was really, really cool. And they did the same thing with concerts too, you know, with their, uh, their fight with Ticketmaster and stuff. I, I would say Pearl Jam was kind of the Taylor Swift of 1994. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, see, their fans I, did whatever they said. <laughs> it's weird because I would say Corn was the Taylor Swift of 1994. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, no, I actually like looking at both of these albums. I think it's a really interesting matchup, honestly. It sure is. Even though I'm not really into either one, um, but they both represent something totally different. I mean, Corn was kind of the birth of new metal. Yeah. Oh, it definitely was. And I mean. You have to, regardless of whether or not you like them, you have to give them props for essentially like starting a new genre, <laughs> you know? So. Like, oh, he he invented, he, he the, okay, Korn is kind of the Oppenheimer of 1994. Yes, yes. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. It was kind of... They, they had too they much knew, power. Yeah, if only they knew the the... the tragedy that they would leave in their wake (laughs) yeah exactly uh Uh, yeah yeah. if if they if they could have seen stained coming in the future (laughs) i'm sure they wouldn't have done any of the things they did (laughs) oh this could be an episode of the quantum leap reboot (laughs) yeah totally all right jonathan davis oh my god God, what have we done? <laughs> I'm cutting my dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. I'm becoming a Nike guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good reference there. But that was their second <laughs> Thank album. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we have... Uh, you're going to like this matchup a little better, I think. We got Dummy from Portishead. Uh, their debut album uh, released in August of 1994. <laughs> Kind of really estra- establishing like that that dominance of trip hop I- I- in the UK. Um, sold over three and a half million copies. I don't know this album as well, but I love Numb. Numb is a great single. Going up against Mellow Gold, the third album from Beck, released in March. 
Um, peaked at number 13, uh, very much a mix of a lot of different kind of genres here. Rock, hip-hop, folk, blues, psychedelia. It was ironic and witty. Everybody remembers the song Loser. That kind of really put uh, Beck on more of the, the pop map. I know you're a huge Portishead fan, though, so where, mm-hmm. where are we going here? This is tough. Um, you know, I honestly don't really know Mellow Gold beyond... Mm-hmm. Loser. Beyond loser, yeah. But I mean, loser itself, I think, is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think honestly, it kind of almost has like Bob Dylan-y vibes <laughs> to it lyrically. <laughs> you know, um, I I think it's incredible, and um, I think what Beck kind of became after this was really cool. Like you said, just somebody who is like a product of every genre Mm -hmm. kind of mashed together and um, pushed through like an art filter. Um, I I think Beck is amazing and Loser is amazing, but Dummy is like one of my all-time favorite albums. I think unquestionably the best Portishead album. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just incredible debut. Um, I thought you but, didn't like droney music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely would not put Portishead and Alice in Chains in the same droney uh, box. But um, yeah, I mean, Sour Times, Glory Box, Numb, Roads, mm. like just so many bangers on this album. And I mean, the the deeper cuts. Mm-hmm. are like incredible too. It could be sweet is probably my favorite song on the album. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean this album's perfect. So I'm definitely going Portishead. Yeah, I again, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup just because uh, you know Portishead that that debut album was such a defining album, but obviously again, the single of Loser and how much that um, just got into everybody's brain. It'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how this one goes. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Super Unknown from Soundgarden, uh, released on March 8th. The band's fourth album debuted at number one, nominated for Best Rock Album. Um, it was the 13th best-selling album of 1994, two and a half million copies just in 94 mm-hmm. alone. Uh, gave us the hits Spoon Man, Black Hole Sun, Dark and Mysterious, but speaking of Dark and Mysterious, going up against Under the Pink from Tori Amos, her second studio album released on January 31st, debuted at number one in the UK, only peaked at number 12 in the US, very cryptic, gave us the hits Cornflake Girl and God. (coughs) You know, obviously not a song like I'm going to pick to play, but when God comes on the radio... Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm, cr- I'm cranking that shit. Hell yeah. So, um, but yeah, another another tough matchup here where, again, not, not debut albums from either of these two artists, but very celebrated albums. Um, too much guitar for you? Uh, in, in the first, in Super Unknown, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, though. I mean, I bought this tape. <laughs> like like many of the other great rock albums of the era, <laughs> I bought them on cassette because I absolutely loved Black Hole Sun. Yeah. I, I honestly really like Spoon Man, too. Mm. Um, before Black Hole Sun came out, I was like, oh, for being like this kind of music, I kind of dig this. Such a romantic then, song, Spoon Man, you know, just about waking yeah. up in the morning, spooning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want a spoon, man. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, uh, super unknown, awesome album. And I, I later discovered some of their earlier stuff too mm-hmm. from the game Road Rash on PlayStation. <laughs> they they had a couple Soundgarden songs on there, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" Like, this is not my kind of music. But I really like it. Uh, I was I was a Sega Road Rash person, so. Oh yeah, you didn't have the same experience. <laughs> um, but, but under the pink, uh, under the pink, incredible album from beginning to end. Um, I I didn't really. I think I had heard of Tori Amos and like 
Um, I, I think somebody had probably played Cornflake Girl for me at some point. But, uh, you know, I really got into Tori Amos in like the early 2000s. And this is one of my favorite albums. So this one's, I'm, I'm going to go Tori Amos here, but well, I like both a lot. I, I love the title because that's where I want to be. So. Under uh, the pink? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and also, I'm a super unknown. So this is, again, this is tough. <laughs> yeah. Our final matchup of the day. This is going to be real interesting. And I love that I got to bookend it uh, for you with two amazing hip-hop albums and two uh, defining rock albums, (laughs) if you will. So up first we have uh, Dookie from Green Day, their, their third studio album, first major label album, but third studio album. Um, won the Grammy for Best Alternative Album. Pe- Funny thing, though, only peaked at number two. Never hit that number one spot. Interesting. Even though it ended up or has sold over 20 million copies worldwide. Literally wow. one of the best-selling albums of all time. But going up against Regulate dot dot dot, the G-Funk era from Warren G released in June of 1994. Overall, the album, it had some bangers, but it also mm-hmm. had, it had some filler. Yep. Uh, but Regulate was the number seven selling song of 94. Like <laughs> huge, just inescapable song. Uh, the album debuted at number two. And sold over 3 million copies in the U.S. alone. Can I tell you what Spin Magazine... Sorry, go ahead. I don't know if you're done Can I tell you what Spin Magazine said about Warren G? Yeah. This, this is after praising the album over and over. But they said, Warren G is naturally a romantic. He's not meant to be a hard ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tough. This is again. These are two albums that just dominated this year. Correct? Wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. No, these were. It definitely represented both sides. I feel like uh, (laughs) this was East Coast, West Coast. (laughs) Yeah the the Warren G was the Warren G album was humongous, and I feel like a lot of people had this album. Definitely a lot more than, than the Nas album, you know. <laughs> like the Nas was more like specifically for big hip hop heads, Triple H's as you call them. <laughs> um, Regulate was definitely much more in the pop sphere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had that CD, <laughs> uh, compact disc. I feel um, like you had I, a different cassette though. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the other one in this matchup. <laughs> um, no, I actually did not like Green Day. Although it was one of those things where like, I think I kind of did. I just didn't. I had trouble wrestling with my feelings. You didn't want to admit because it. They, yeah, maybe. Green I think Day was they, your Taylor Swift of 94. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it was one of those where like the songs were definitely inescapable. And... um you know, it wasn't until a long time later that I was able to kind of look at Green Day and go, oh, yeah, they're really great. You know, they've <laughs> they've had an amazing career from beginning to end, really. Mm. And this was a, a great, um, you know, major label debut. Okay. Um, it, it's really, even though I listened to the Warren G album probably a hundred times and I've listened to Dookie zero times. <laughs> Um, I would still probably pick Dookie. (laughs) I just don't think, I mean, Regulate is one of the greatest songs of all time. Definitely one of the greatest songs of 1994, but Dookie was just so much more important. Well, in going, I'm going to go back to tournaments here. And, uh, if we're going to kind of make comparisons to how, like maybe the Simpsons have existed longer than they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Day as a band is my Simpsons band, and I wish they would just go away. 
Oh, interesting. And regulate as a song is probably my Simpsons song where it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 done with that now. Yeah. <laughs> also, one of the most over attempted karaoke songs in oh, the world hell yeah. that, that people just constantly fuck up, but they yep. try to do it. Yeah. That that would be definitely, interesting. Oh, go ahead. I would crush it. I oh, would I know you regulate. would. But I think interesting matchup of uh, songs that people think they can do well and fuck up in the <laughs> yeah. hip hop genre. Regulate versus Ice Ice Baby. That's I mean I don't know how I'm voting there. Yeah, I mean what about Shoop? <laughs> you have to throw that in there too. Three way or, or ba- Baby Got Back. This could be a tournament. <laughs> hip hop songs that people fuck up at karaoke. Yeah, hip hop songs that white people ruined. <laughs> Um, so one side is just all Eminem songs. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a second on that one. <laughs> all right. So you're going to be voting Dookie here. I, I think strange. I, I feel like I'm more torn than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very strange. Cause yeah. I, I and, although and, my, go ahead. And I think Green Day is much more my Taylor Swift as far as like, <laughs> I just really like what they did, you know, in the in the greater landscape of music. I think they had a good run. You you were just so happy when Green Day was uh, dating Minute Bull, <laughs> <laughs> and they got all that I, press coverage. <laughs> I, it would be interesting to see a Broadway musical based on Warren G's catalog. <laughs> Oh boy, I it, and Warren G has insulted presidents before, also, right? Yeah, <laughs> President Warren G. Harding. It, there you go. <laughs> His namesake. <laughs> well, no, because uh, Green Day had that song "American Idiot." Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. No, no, no. Let me explain it further. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh no another another interesting matchup so um yeah we we ran a little long this week so we'll 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 finish out the rest of the first round next week but uh this this just continues as we we talk through this to to become a very difficult uh tournament to call I have no idea where this is going so yeah mm. likewise that's all I have for this week. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, for everyone out there in the Pop Tournaments universe, please keep on voting and keep on popping. Pop, pop. The Taylor Swift of 1994. <laughs>